Hi, and welcome to Parallel Worlds. This is a bonus episode, a filler, something to listen to while the course is on pause for a week. At the time of broadcast, that is early April 2020, we are on a small break from the course at the Master Institute of Visual Cultures because there's a public holiday. But fear not, this is one more episode of the podcast. Sure, it's a short one, a bonus one, and there aren't any exercises, but I thought it might be nice to address a couple of things that people in our class have asked about recently. We will also review some of the show's voicemail. So let's start with you. Here are some of the voice messages I've received lately about the course. Thanks to everyone who's left a message. It's really nice to hear your voice and thoughts about the exercises. New messages. Hi, Ali. I just wanted to pop in and let you know how much I'm enjoying the podcasts. I think that it's such an innovative and clever way to engage with us on a daily basis and also make the course really accessible to all of us in our respective isolated areas. Um, I'm really appreciating being able to listen to them when it suits me. I think all of us have different situations at home, and so... Being able to engage with the content and the course in the time that suits us best makes it a lot easier and takes off some of the pressure. Um, I also think that the daily writing tasks are an awesome way for us to keep the engagement and momentum of the course going, but also just to take five minutes to kind of reflect with what's going on around us and a nice way just to process some of our thoughts, feelings and reactions. Hey, Ali. Uh, This is Nick from Parallel Worlds. I just want to say how fun it was to uh, record sounds for half an hour. I thought that I would just be doing one, and I ended up doing about ten. So (laughs) it's pretty fun. Just wanted to say. Hi, Oli. I did the other, the episode three exercise. Um, and I noticed that the, um, in the last two exercises, um, the first one was like, um, yeah, it was your own situation. And the second one was what m- could have been. And the second one was always more positive and made my mind like so much clearer. And um, yeah, my outlook on the future is so much happier that I I thought to do it different this time. So um I can't really explain in 20 seconds because I still have 20 seconds left. But I think the, this was like, um, yeah, your current situation. I just made a poem out of it. And then what could have been, I I will talk. I'll talk later. <laughs> it's just one minute. It's just too, too short. Sorry. <laughs> bye bye. Hi, Oli. Um, I will just continue my last voice message now because in one minute... I can't really, I can't seem to, uh, yeah, get, um, well, transmit <laughs> what I wanted to say. So um, it struck me that the exercise is the first exercise makes me feel uncomfortable, like being stuck and what my current situation is. And the second one, um, it more taps into your um, fantasy and your what you want to be instead of what you are. And yeah, it really strikes me how how much more like free and indeed warm <laughs> it 
it uh, it makes me feel um yeah i hope there's a way to uh to get there um and i'm looking forward to the other exercises all right see you I'm sitting in front of my laptop and leaving this voice message. I'm really enjoy the moment that I based on a topic to writing something down. Although it was only me in this room, complete silence and nobody around. When I'm writing something like what it might be, it makes me just across to another place, another timeline. Comparing with my previous experience, now I need to spend most of my time only by myself. And when I writing, when I was writing, even I knew I was following a voice message. I could feel the connection between the word and I. I like the idea of and the concept of um, con counter um, factual. Um, somehow it remind me of the uh, negative and positive space in in the reality or in a picture or in a visual artwork. But on the other hand, when I was listening to the podcast, I was thinking that um, is the function of negative uh, staying. Invisible, un unreadable, and staying negative. It's like、uh, we we do st stimulate our um sense by awareing of something we didn't we take like granted we didn't notice at all. But on the on the on the other hand, we are um decolonizing its its function. Uh, when you mentioned the daily sounds, it remind me of.、Uh, I mean, I almost forget how does it sounds like when I am speaking Mandarin, cause nobody really, nobody really talk to them.、Uh, yeah, maybe somebody does, but on the other hand, nobody really. Uh, uh, most of us don't really、uh, talk to themselves、uh, loudly, verbally.、Um, so I almost forget. I mean, my voice, my voice in Mandarin is a daily sounds, but under under this, I mean, when I in a foreign country, I mean, under a certain context, it's a it become a strange、um, element,、uh, which should be crucial cru crucial、um, in my daily life back to China. Hi Oli,、um, I was doing your、uh, episodes、uh, or the podcast、um, assignments, and I was at episode three now.、Um, and I really just wanted to notify that I just found out that I thought I was al always like better at writing than at talking, and I could get my mind clear by writing only and not by talking. But now I, instead of writing, I did a recording of just my free thoughts, and that went out just so much better than I would. Be writing,、um, yeah. It was really,、um, it was fascinating. So, thanks for that.、Um, 
I'm gonna make use of my own voice recordings more often. So then afterwards I just can transcribe them and yeah, um, edit them. Okay, thank you, bye. So I just wanted to point out some of the things I'm enjoying and some of the things I'm having a little bit more of a hard time with. I'm really enjoying the writing exercises. For me, writing is a really easy and natural way to kind of process my thoughts and feelings and get my emotions out onto a page. And the part that I'm struggling with a little bit more is the voice notes and recording. I feel like uh, speaking to my phone or my computer is a little bit more detached and um, a little bit more difficult for me. Um, some of the ways I'm trying to work on that, though, is by creating a little bullet list of things I want to talk about or a very informal script. And the other thing is just to walk, take a walk in nature and have my mind a little bit more free. So that's what I'm working on. Thanks once again to everyone who's left a message. I really do appreciate it. I listen to every single one of them, and I really do like it when I feel the podcast is actually reaching people. If you would like to drop me a line, there is a link in every podcast description. So just click on that and leave a message. It'll take less than a minute. Now, I want to talk about audio notes and writing. Over the past weeks, we've shifted from just doing writing exercises to doing writing and recording exercises, capturing your own vocal expression with your smartphone. Some people will have found this shift great. If you're one of those people, congratulations! But some might have found it a bit challenging. Hopefully this segment will help make it easier for you to work in this way, recording your own voice and hearing it back. Let's be clear about one thing. Most people hate the sound of their own voice. The voice we hear in our heads does not match the one that other people hear. The voice you're hearing right now certainly isn't the one I heard when I wrote this script. It takes a lot of time to get used to hearing yourself speak. When I started recording my own voice years ago, I'd listen back and think, Who is that guy? He sounds stupid. Who in their right mind talks like that? How can anyone take him seriously? And actually hearing it again now, why are you listening to me at all? But hearing yourself is something you'll need to get used to, particularly as you become more accomplished in whatever you do. As someone who's paid to give talks, often about my own work, I've had to work through my own voice fears, and obviously in making this series, I've spent more time than I'm actually comfortable with listening to my own dulcet tones waffling on about this and that. So let's talk about why you're recording your voice and how to do it. Within my own life, I use audio recordings for several purposes. Even though I think visually, I find that audio can transport me to places far more effectively than photos or videos can. Perhaps it's because photos and videos only enable one viewpoint, whereas audio lets you occupy any space within a soundscape. Or perhaps it's because I'm just so bombarded with meaningless attention-grabbing visual material that I give myself more permission to pay attention to sound. But in any case, I like making recordings of places I'm in ambient sounds, the sounds of a journey to some far-fung place, or even just somewhere mundane. The sounds of reading stories with my daughter, the sounds of everyday life. I nearly always have a phone in my pocket, which means I've always got a little recorder to hand. There is a way that audio can capture the atmosphere without subjecting it to the same aesthetic biases I'd be distracted by if I were looking at a photo. 
So perhaps it's because I'm primarily a visual person that I find audio elicits such strong responses. Or perhaps we're all wired this way. But sound always just paints a really strong set of images in my mind. Right now, we're all spending a lot of time on video conferencing apps or calls, and I'm sure that hearing the particular way that WhatsApp or Skype or Microsoft Teams or FaceTime or Signal or Zoom or whatever else you use, they each audially pixelate in a different way. And as you listen back to those sounds, those funny pops and pings, the way that people's voices drop in and out, when you listen back to those in about 10 years' time, you could be taken back to here and now. So, I record myself now, to take myself back later. Another way I use audio recordings is to formulate ideas. I quite often write while I'm walking, because I find it's a good way to get rid of the distractions that I have in my home or in my studio. Sometimes I write on a small piece of paper or in a sketchbook, but often I'll just record a voice memo to think an idea through. I use my phone, and I find it useful to imagine I'm talking to somebody else, just trying to explain what I'm thinking at that moment. It's a process where I end up repeating myself quite a lot. Where I end up repeating myself quite a lot. Where I end up repeating myself quite a lot. Where I end up repeating myself quite a lot. And sometimes I find I don't need to listen back to the recording at all. But whenever I'm writing a lecture or a project proposal or an episode of this podcast or anything that I will need to speak out loud at some point, I find that thinking, how would I explain this to someone who's intelligent and interested but doesn't necessarily know everything I'm talking about? really helps me to formulate my own thoughts. Sometimes I'll listen back to my free-form speaking and find a particular phrasing that I wouldn't have thought to write. Sometimes I make mistakes five times in a row or find I can't speak clearly about something or I just find there's a word or a phrase I can't pronounce or I pause the recording because I'm walking in a park and someone nearby thinks I'm talking to myself. But I do find the recording as a means of thinking quite useful. And just to be clear, nobody ever hears those recordings. I listen back to them myself. I know I sound like a complete doofus when I'm recording them, but it's a little bit like sketching in words. You've just got to do it and see if it feels right. Then, of course, it's always useful to record yourself if you have a presentation to give. I've had to give quite a few presentations in my time, and I find it useful to record the audio that I will be saying later. If I'm preparing a speech or a class or anything like that, I really vary in my approach to how I read that thing out at the time. Sometimes I will write bullet points or snippets of phrases and try to get them in order in my own mind first, or sometimes I write whole scripts out to read. When I'm recording this podcast, I actually write the entire script out for each episode so that I'm 100% confident in what I'm saying before I record it. But when I'm teaching a class that I've taught before, or talking about my work that I know really well, or anything that I know, you know, like the back of my hand, the odds are at some point I've written bullet points and recorded that speech to myself a few times with different iterations. And if you're finding it hard now, it really does become easier over time. If you're not comfortable with the recording exercises we're doing right now or hearing your own voice, that's completely fine. It's natural. Take a bit of time to find whatever works for you. Try making notes, writing everything out in advance. If you can, take a walk and practice what you want to say, or talk to a friend. You will get better and more comfortable over time, I promise. It will come. You'll get there.
Now I want to talk about something else a student asked me last week, and that is microphone technique. This is something that's quite close to my heart at the moment. Normally I record these episodes in my studio in Rotterdam, which is a great quiet place. It's an artistic slash designish studio, not an audio one. A quick interlude for people listening in 2020. Travel to a place of work is still permitted in the Netherlands, and I can actually make the entire journey in, work a whole day, and come home again without coming into contact with anyone else. So, my going into the studio occasionally is not irresponsible behaviour, and is permitted by law. But for the next few weeks, I'm recording from home, as our household is in self-quarantine. It really is hard to get perfect studio-quality audio without a studio. That is exactly why audio studios exist. At the moment, I have to wait till nighttime to record, when all the usual daytime noises have died out, and I take my sofa cushions out into the quiet garden, or I go down to my tiny basement, which is where I am now, sit next to my washing machine, and get ready to record speech. Now, I know I'm not alone in this. Ross Sutherland, whose award-winning podcast, Imaginary Advice, I have recommended before, he frequently talks about recording his voiceovers in his cupboard, where there's ample sound absorption from all the clothing. I should also mention that I got the idea of using sofa cushions to remove sound from a great website of audio resources called transom.org. Transom is the public radio exchanges program about making audio programs, and it is a really great resource. There's a link to Transom and a load of other resources on the resources page of our course website, which is at parallel.ollipalmer.com. Please do spend some time looking around there. You will find lists of things for writing, for recording audio, for editing, a whole list of software, a great load of podcasts to listen to if you're new to podcasts, and it has links to all the things you might need to complete this course. If you want to know anything about recording audio, head to the resources page at parallel.ollipalmer.com and find your way to all of the articles I find. This will be updated throughout the entire course, so keep checking back because there will be more and more things as I find them and think, oh, people might enjoy that. Finally, I want to talk about microphone techniques themselves. You're just getting used to recording your own voice using a mic. Maybe you're using a hands-free kit. Maybe you're recording straight into your phone. Maybe you're recording into your computer. Maybe you have a professional microphone. I heard a British broadcaster called Louis Theroux speaking about microphone technique a while ago. And he said in an interview that he was once given microphone training for the radio. The trainer took him into a room with a microphone and they put little cat ears on the mic. Imagine you're talking to a tiny little cat, they said. That way, you're talking gently enough that you have this perceived intimacy with your audience. You're not too loud, nor too quiet. So, you're probably recording your audio on your phone. I'm recording it on a big fluffy mic that I am imagining is a little cat. This technique really works. Going into a quiet room, speaking softly. I'm not saying you have to dress your phone up as a cat to make these recordings. But, if you find it helps, why not? Anyway, thank you for listening. I will be back soon with a long episode about Foley and psychological operations, and more. There is a full week of activities next week, 
and an interview with Sarah Lugtart. And in the meantime, please do stay safe and take care of the people you love. Until then, goodbye.